Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He was born Jody Anthony Aloysius McDonald Jr. But he would prefer it if you'd call him Jody Mac. You could call me like Ralph, I guess, but I don't know that I would answer. He's an optimist. Every single day that I get up, I look on the bright side of life. But I do sprinkle in some realism from time to time. And he can't believe he gets paid to do this. It's just incomprehensible to me. This is the Jody Max Show. We'll make many points. We got four hours. We better get a couple of points in. Here's Jody Mac. Couple hours. That's exactly what we got left. Two down, two in the books, two left to play. We'll make the most of it. Jody Mac here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Johnny Marks will be up on most of these CBS Sports Radio stations two hours down the road. we got a long time to get there, a lot to do, including talking some pucks and sticks. I had a hockey guest on last week. I thought it was great. We actually generated a couple of hockey calls. I said, let's do this again because we had a preview of the NHL trade deadline. Now we've actually had the trade deadline come and go. So let's get another guy who knows the National Hockey League inside. Now to talk about it, senior reporter and host on the NHL Network, Mr. E.J. Raddick. E.J., how you been, bud? I've been okay, Jody Mack. How are you? Good. Uh, Been a minute. Thanks for jumping in and talking to us. If I describe the lead-up, the the week leading up to the NHL trade deadline as uh, active and interesting, but the actual NHL trade deadline day is kind of spent and boring, would that be an accurate assessment on your part? Um, I mean, I think you I think you can make a case for that. I don't know if it was completely spent and boring on deadline day, but you're right. There wasn't the big names and the big trades. They took place. Uh, well in advance of deadline mm-hmm. day, but we had a lot of trades. I mean, we probably had upwards of 60-plus trades in the two weeks prior to the deadline. I mean, if you add it all up, and that's a lot of trading. Yeah. You know, it, I don't care what league it is. I mean, that's a lot of trades. So uh, it was a fascinating couple of weeks. It was good for business, as they say, because uh, there was a lot to talk about. And now, uh, you know, we kind of dissect the moves, try to figure out uh, – you know, who is fitting in where and how long it'll take as we come down the stretch and see who's going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs in a couple of weeks. So my question to you is, if we're close to agreeing on the buildup was phenomenal, the final punch left a little bit to be desired, but if the buildup is that great, you don't have to have a great final punch. Why did it shake out that way? You've been doing this a long time. I've been following all sports a long time. You more closely to hockey. 
But usually teams need to feel that pressure of the deadline to actually get something done. Call it desperation, call it uh, need, call it whatever reason. But deadlines make things happen. Why did it work so seamlessly for a week plus in advance before we ever got to the deadline? It, it seemed like, Jordy, I guess we got a couple of things. I mean, we've been dealing in the NHL the last couple of years with kind of a flat cap because of the financial situation created by the pandemic. So teams are, a lot of them are capped out. And you noticed a lot of these trades had to go through three teams. There were mm-hmm. teams that were bankers, basically, in this process that would get a pick just to uh, kind of offset some of the costs, you know, take on a player, then re and trade them to the next team, and they would eat half of half, so to speak. So I think the finances played into it. I think there was more sellers this time around uh, than buyers, and I think uh, the sellers were kind of set their price, and when they felt like they could, they got what they were looking for, they were, they were willing to, to pull the trigger. And so I think that was also part of it. So uh, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of players available, and... Teams wanted to get those guys in the mix and were willing to do things a little earlier. But it was definitely different than it's been in the past where teams would wait a little longer. In this case, it started about two weeks out. And it just uh, it kind of picked up speed as we got moving. Really did. DJ Raddick from the NHL Network, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Who was the team that was a buyer that you think helped itself the most? Who was the team that was the seller? that helped themselves that much. You're not going to see it immediately down the road, assets, draft picks, everything else. On each end of the spectrum, who did the best job at the top of the uh, Let's see. Well, I think, uh, you know, I mean, there was a couple teams in there. I mean, like, you know, Chicago is in a complete demolition. I don't even want to call it a rebuild because, I mean, they're in a complete demolition from last year. They're trading away young players. You know, uh, that's how much of a, a change they want there. So they got a lot of different assets in return, but I don't know if they really made the most of it. Um, I thought, you know, as far as the seller goes, Detroit was a late seller to the game, and they moved Tyler Pertuzzi and Philip Ronick, and I think they did pretty good in terms of draft pick compensation in return. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I would say that Detroit did pretty good there on the seller's end and on the buyer's end. You know, I really like what the Devils did because, they got a player that really fits their group. In fact, he scored in his first game uh, this evening against Arizona in the first period, Timo Meyer, And they got him without having to surrender anybody really of significance off their roster or any of their really top prospects. They've got a deep prospect pool. I think San Jose got, uh, got some decent things back in return, but the Devils did not have to trade, I would say, any of their top three, four prospects, and they didn't have to trade someone like Dawson Mercer off the roster. So to get Timo Meyer, I thought that was a terrific buy for the Devils because it was such a great fit. And the Meyer deal was at least consummated till uh, all the way back to last Sunday. He just yep. got into his first game. Was injury involvement? Was there a holdup to the deal? Why didn't he just uh, start playing for them now? Well, he just uh, he had an injury leading up to the deadline or leading up to him being traded, so he did not play. Now, some of these guys got held out just because teams did not want to risk injury to the to the asset. Right. But he was not one of those guys. He had uh, he had a minor upper body injury, from what we understand, and he missed some games in San Jose, and then he had missed the first couple of games with New Jersey. But 
He's in the mix tonight. The Devils are winning again, and then they come home on Tuesday to play the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, I'm sure he's going to get a rousing ovation as the, uh, by his new fans in New Jersey. I love upper body injuries uh, and lower body injury. They, they, it's yeah. amazing that the NHL can yeah. still pull that yeah. off. Pat, uh, Pat, and Pat Quinn, the old coach of the Leafs and Flyers and several teams, I believe he's the guy that came up with that. And it's kind of amazing to me, Jody, because in a world where we have gambling now is pretty readily accepted in a lot of places, and yep. uh, you know, I, I wonder about. How long NHL teams are going to have are going to be able to get away with being so vague on injuries and so vague on who their starting goaltender is? Because those are important things to consider when people are wagering on games. Yeah, to the NHL's credit, they've been able to hold the line. Uh, one place where the deals haven't worked right across the river from where the Devils play is the Rangers. They made some significant moves before the trade line, right up against the trade deadline, added some big-name players but have not gotten big-name results yet. Specifically, Patrick Kane has come in, hasn't really found his skating legs yet, Doesn't uh, isn't in sync with his line mates. The Rangers still excited about the guys that they got because it has not paid immediate dividends. Yeah, I think they're excited about it, and I think they'll be fine. I mean, they're they're not... They're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, they had to kind of really maneuver to make this happen with Patrick Kane, and that meant really uh, being tight against the cap. They got an injury. They got a player suspended. And when you're that tight against the cap, there were certain things that they could and could not do in order to, to facilitate the deal. So in these first couple of games that Patrick Kane has played as a Ranger, they've played short. They've had uh, 17 skaters for one. I believe it was 16 for the game yesterday against the Boston Bruins because they were not able to call players up because they were too tight to the cap. And because of a suspension, they were not allowed by the league to have an emergency call up. So they've been a little behind the eight ball. They lost to a really good Ottawa, an Ottawa Senators team, Jody, that is uh, flying under the radar. I'm not quite sure if they're going to make the playoffs this year. They're two, they are one of seven teams that are vying for two spots in the East. But that's a young team that has gotten better as the season has gone on. They added Jacob Chickman, who's a really good high-end uh, defenseman to the mix. Um, they're going to be a good team moving forward. they got a lot of really good young players. So the Rangers lost to them on Thursday. They didn't play very well. They lost to the NHL's best team, the Boston Bruins, in Boston on Saturday. And a game that was a pretty good game, back and forth, considering the Rangers' circumstances. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, for me, it's going to take some time. I, I talked to Claude Giroux on Thursday night, who's now in Ottawa, and asked him about going from Philadelphia to Florida last year and, um, you know, what that was like for him. It's similar to Kane. He had spent his whole career in one place in Philly. He said the first couple of games were kind of a train wreck because you're just trying to figure out where you belong on the team. So I think Kane will figure it out. I think the Rangers will get all those bodies in the lineup. And if they can stay healthy when the playoffs begin, they've got a really strong roster. they got as good a chance as anyone. Let me ask you about one of the guys that I just am a fan of in the league uh, from a couple of years ago when they were good in the playoffs. He opened my eyes. He's kind of been uh, buried these last couple of years with a bad team, and I thought that he might get moved at the deadline because there's no question his team should have was going to be a seller. Was Nick Suzuki close to being traded by the Canadians? If I were a no. team, he's a guy who I would have loved to have been able to get my hands on. Is he just their, their, their centerpiece and they're going to trade everything but him? 
Well, I mean, he's a, he, he's a young player they acquired from Vegas, uh, for I believe it was in the Max Cacciaretti trade. They've subsequently named him the captain of the team. He's a young player. They're rebuilding. So, yeah, he's a piece of the puzzle they're going to be rebuilding around. I mean, Montreal, it's been weird because only two years ago, they were in the Stanley Cup final. Right. That's, that's when I fell in love with Suzuki. I said, damn, I love this guy. Yeah, there you go. And so did they. And, uh, <laughs> but subsequently, they had older players that had, you know, issues. Shea Weber, I don't. He did not really play very much after that, and he's going to have to retire due to injuries. Carey Price has been a similar story. They changed management. They changed coaches. They've been rebuilding. But they're pretty much building around Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and some of the other young players they have there in Montreal. So it would have probably taken a whole lot of things to get Nick Suzuki out of Montreal. And even then, I don't think that would have happened. So you you were right to like him, but they like him too. And the other guy I like is Barzell, but the Islanders are actually going to sneak into the playoffs. I thought if they fell apart, he could be a guy who could be a real interesting piece for a team to potentially grab, but uh, they're not ready to do that just yet. All right, um, here's my bottom line point with all of it, and I, I love the fact that every day you had to check and say you got traded and, and a little bit of a disappointment on the final day, but it was a great trade buildup for the National Hockey League and guys like yourself, who that's your job is to report and break all this stuff down. But are we doing this all for no apparent reason? Because the Boston Bruins are just going to skate away with the cup at the end of the year anyway, aren't they? This has been one of the most impressive seasons I've seen, and I've been watching the National Hockey League for 50 years. They are just stone-cold dominant. Is everybody just in this fighting for second place? Well, I don't know. I mean, like Jody, you just said, you've been watching a long time, right? I mean, there have been teams only about four or five years ago. The Tampa Bay Lightning had one of the best regular seasons in NHL history. I think they finished with 128 points in the season, and they got swept in the playoffs and never won a game. Lost okay. to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a big point. upset. And I think when you go back, I believe the last President's Trophy winners – which is the team that finishes with the most regular season points. I think the last one to actually go and win the Stanley Cup was the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. Has it been that long? It's been almost a decade since a President's Cup team won the the Cup? That is is correct. Holy mackerel. I I didn't even realize that. Listen, Boston has been... They've been terrific. I've been joking. People ask me, like, do we have any weaknesses? And I joke. I say, yeah, the Zamboni driver isn't that good. You know, everybody <laughs> else is really good. I mean, they're loaded. And their goalie, uh, you know, they have two of them, Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman. Olmark's going to win the Vezina Trophy this year. He's been yep. just lights out good. He leads the league in wins and save percentage and goals against average. He even leads all goalies in goals scored. He yep. had one last week. So, uh yeah, the Bruins are loaded, and they would be a favorite, but the reality is in a seven-game series in this sport with goaltenders and injuries and matchups, you just never know. And they're well aware of that in Boston. They got a pretty, they've had a pretty veteran team there. They understand what it's all about, and it all really starts for them on April the 18th when the playoffs begin and if they're going to be healthy and playing their best in that two-month window. So... We'll see, but it's been a regular season for the ages, that's for sure, for the Bruins. But their path won't be easy because they'll get one of these wild-card teams, and you know, then they'll have to face the winner of Tampa, Toronto, and then they would have to face the winner of the Metropolitan Division, and then they've got to take on whoever comes out of the West, and maybe that'll be the defending champion, Avalanche. So 
it's a long two-month grind, but they are certainly the favorite at this point. Now, you're a great person to ask this question. I, I brought this up on the show last night, and maybe I'm talking out my ear. Um, I said it's actually a plus for Boston if they're chasing the record for most points ever in a season because they're going to be so far ahead of everybody else they could go into cruise control. Maybe Tampa did that a couple of years ago. You tell me if that were the case, um, that if if they have a goal to get to, even though it's not must win, but it's certainly something that's on their mind, that it could actually behoove them to carry all the momentum that they built up in the regular season into the postseason. Am I just whistling Dixie here, or am I on to something? I don't think it hurts them, but I don't I don't think it'll make a huge difference either way. I think it's really going to depend upon how healthy they are. I mean, the Tampa Bay was in a similar spot. They were pushing to, to you know, chase down records for regular season excellence. And the problem what happened with Tampa, Jody, was Victor Hedman ended up getting dinged up down the stretch, wasn't. His wasn't himself. Braden Point got dinged up down the stretch. wasn't himself. And Kutrov was suspended for a game in the in the postseason. And it's like things kind of unraveled a little bit within their group. And you know the the Columbus Blue Jackets came in kind of with the house money, no pressure. Uh, they got John Tortorella was coaching the Jackets then. They had some good players on their team as well, and they ended up. Uh, you know, we're on the table winning all four games. I think for Boston, really, they got a veteran group. They've got a great room. They're led by Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Those guys have been there a long time. And so I think, it, you know, I think the, their understanding of what the task is at hand is, is really good. I think that as their schedule unfolds down the stretch, if they have the ability to rest a Bergeron or a Krejci from time to time, that's probably smart. But uh, I really just think it comes down to, to injuries and matchups at the end of the day. It's not that that much that separates some of these teams. And if the Bruins can stay relatively healthy, I think that they've got a great chance. But, you know, really that's what it means. It, that's what it, it is to me more than anything else, Jody. It's just how healthy can they be when the bell rings in the playoffs because, you know, they understand – where they're at. This is not. This isn't the first rodeo for a lot of these guys in Boston. So uh, that will be the key: is just to try to stay healthy and be at a place when the playoffs begin that they're playing kind of the same way they played all year. And I love the contract extension for Pasternak at this time because it proves yeah. that yeah, you go out, you you achieve, you put up 44 goals. The team's going to take care of you. It motivates everybody else in the room as they're going through this type of a season. I think Boston is just. Uh, checking all the boxes and clicking on all the right cylinders. And thank you, E.J. Raddick, because when I picked them to win the Stanley Cup before the playoffs start, people are going to give me a hard time saying I'm trucking it up. And I'm going right to, yeah, but a president's team hasn't won the Stanley Cup in 20 years. I know that because E.J. Raddick told me, and I will well, use that. Say, you'd have to say 10 years, but that's close enough. Tw- well, well no, what would you say, 13 or 03? That's- 2013. Oh, shoot. My math is terrible. A decade. It's been a decade since the team won. That's good enough, right? A decade. That's a lot. uh, It's not a bad. The 20 was better. 10 is good. I'm going to use it either way, and I'm going to give you credit for it. EJ, thank you. Who's going to win the Derby? Oh, I got no bloody idea now. I had a couple of Kentucky Derby <laughs> preview horses that both run up the track in major prep races the last two weeks. So now I'm back out poking and hoping just like you. I will have someone for you before we get to the first Saturday of May. That's a promise. You got it. All right. Thanks, buddy. 
That's E.J. Raddick from the NHL Network, reporter-in-chief and also uh, host on the NHL Network. I had not even – it's been a decade since the President's Cup winner actually won a Stanley Cup final. That's good. That's what I'll use as the defense when I chalk it up and pick the Boston Bruins to win the Stanley Cup before the playoffs start. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.